If you're looking for a fling, or a lifetime, or a well I'm free Friday anyway kind of thing, find it on Bumble. Fall in love with dating. Welcome to Finger Food, empowered by Bumble. I'm your maitre d' Stacey O, and I'm here to serve you intimate conversations around sexuality and pleasure. On the menu is a selection of heart-to-hearts with people who vulnerably share their stories, insights, and perspectives. This podcast is about sex and so much more. We explore connection, letting go of judgment, and accepting ourselves exactly as we are. Let's dine. In this episode, I chat with Biku Wernick Ungarau. Biku is an actor, model, and musician. He loves expressing himself through dance, singing, and has just started surfing, which I'm realizing is a 2022 trend because I just started too. In this intimate conversation, we talk about polyamory, monogamy, and how jealousy can play out in our lives. We talk about the power of communication and honesty in relationships, and the tool of nonviolent communication. We also go into performance anxiety and navigating erectile dysfunction. My favorite quote from this episode is, communication is more important than your dick size. You heard it here first, honeys. It's great to have you here at the table. Let's get started. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, Biku. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so oh, excited. Yay, it's an honor. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm very excited. I feel you, honey. I feel yeah. you. <laughs> so let's just dive straight into it. Sure. Um, so first and foremost, where are you from and what's your family background? Hmm. I was brought up in Australia. I was brought up in a little small hippie town in northern, northern New South Wales, kind of close to that Byron Bay Nimbin region. I grew up with a single mother. Uh, I was a single child. My my other half of the family is from the Solomon Islands, where my father lives, and a big part of my life still is over there. Uh, I was named after my great-grandfather, who was the last chief of our tribe. Hmm. So um, through namesake, I am, I'm chief 
of some sort. I'm not wow. necessarily know what that. Yeah, I'm not, I don't really know what that means. But I think it just means responsibility. I think mm-hmm. it means. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out as as somebody that feels like doesn't deserve to have a title. That's me. <laughs> That's me. I think still trying to figure that out. To be honest. Oh my gosh! So you're a chief of the Solomon Islands. <laughs> And you grew up in Australia. Yeah, He's I mean, yeah, Solomon Islands is only the Solomon Islands because the colonizers drew that invisible line and made those groups of islands the Solomon Islands. Mm. So I'm not the chief of the Solomon Islands. I was a chief of, or my great grandfather was a chief of a small tribe within the Solomon Islands mm. that definitely grew a reputation for being quite violent. And we were headhunters. And oh, wow. um, only two generations ago, it was really quite close, which is which is interesting, knowing mm. that my great-grandfather was a cannibal, you know, doing a lot of things that these days we're just blown away by. And I think about the fact that it's my grandma's granddad and my grandma's still alive. Wow. Which is a bit, it's a bit bizarre. But, you know, that has some, that gives me some sort of fuel and some sort of power Mm. when I think about the chief and I think about those things that we used to do and the whole nature versus nurture mm. when it comes to I grew up as a single child in Australia with, when there's just hippies and tree hugging and jam circles and you know too, there's so much hair everywhere and and then on the other side is warriors were headhunters mm. and so one well, yeah, let's be let's be peaceful man plus <laughs> plus chopping heads off which is yes. such a such a bizarre in between wow <laughs> That's so interesting. (laughs) I wasn't expecting any of that when I asked about what's your family background. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It's it is it is quite interesting, and I'm very. I I think that I'm very lucky. Mm. I think that I'm so lucky to be where I'm from and to be where I am. You know. Beautiful. Yeah. So, what are your pronouns, and what do they mean to you? My pronouns are he and him. And to be honest, pronouns are quite a new thing for me within the past two, three years. Moving from Australia to Auckland within the past few years has been such a big life-changing experience of just being exposed to so much other types of humans. (laughs) Growing up in a... It's a small country town. Pronouns were just... They just weren't used as much because there's not that many people around. And yeah, I wasn't exposed to it. Um... So, yeah, I am, I am, my pronouns are he, him. Beautiful. Yeah, as far as I know, you know. Wonderful. Love it. And what's your sexual orientation in this moment? And what does that mean to you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. We're yeah, off to a good I don't start. fucking know. <laughs> uh, I feel like I fluctuate. I'm still learning about different sexualities. Mm. A few years ago, I was like, maybe I'm bisexual. Hmm. Maybe that fits. Because I don't... I, I love women. But then I, I'll look at guys and be like, oh, that'd be nice to kiss. Or he, hmm. would it be nice to cuddle cuddle him? Or like, I might have a dream about somebody and, I'm, and I'll wake up and be like, what does that mean? Hmm. Um, uh, but I think there's a lot of expectations around a, you know, a sexuality and... I think it, it it means different things for everybody else. Uh, a term that I heard recently was heteroflexible. Heteroflexible. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like it's quite self-explanatory within the name is, hey, I'm straight, but I'm flexible. Mm-hmm. Nice. But I also don't know how um, how confirming that is. You mm-hmm. know? I think it just kind of alleviates the pressure of you having to stick by this one idea as only women or only men or only whoever. Yes. So... To be honest, I don't know. Whoever's awesome, awesome sexual is what I'll call it. Yeah. If you're awesome, I find you sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter too much to me in the end. I think as long as you're funny and you're beautiful and you're, mm. and you're all the things that I feel like make me happy. Yeah. I don't know. I love that. Sorry, I can't give you a straight answer on that. <laughs> no. Or, or a gay answer. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you can't put you in a box. <laughs> Beautiful. So I know that you've been exploring polyamory over this mm. last couple of years. Mm. Um, and I'm really interested to know how that started for you. Yeah, there was a... Uh, it has been and a journey that I've been on for quite a while. Since my first breakup, I, I was in a monogamous relationship for four years or so. And... I, as I said, I grew up a single child. And after that first breakup, I started reading a book called Sex at Dawn and I started mm. listening to the author quite a bit and just a different understanding about attachment and possession and why we feel these certain things. And I was able to intellectually agree with it. And mm. just say, hey, this is, yeah, yeah. You know, agriculture did make us build fences around our properties and this food's for me and if you want some of it, you know, there's all these possessions now instead of living in a communal environment where everything is shared. So for a, for a while I was uh, exploring it mentally for a, for a long while, but it's also one of those things that you, you need to, you don't need to be, but it's a lot easier if you have the community around you that is also familiar with these types of relationship d- dynamics and the language that goes along with that and... Mm. And the the openness that comes with that too, because when I first started to read about it, I would speak to my friends about it, and they were like, "Cool, man." Yeah. Weirdo. <laughs> yeah, there's so much judgment in yeah. society around it. Like yeah. people being like, "Well, is that just like an excuse for cheating?" Or yeah. like because we're so conditioned to think about relationships being monogamous, right. we're like to think outside that box. If you're yeah. not, if you've not been in the environment that where people are open relating, mm. you just can't quite possibly fathom it. So it yeah. takes a, a bit for your head to get around it. You just want to be a slut. Yeah, or like you're really, or that person's just hypersexual and they just want to have sex with everybody. And it's like, yeah. is that the case for everybody? Or is it actually that you have so much love to give that you want to relate with multiple people and I'm sure that differs for every individual and there's no right or wrong whether you want to fuck everyone or whether you want to just like have really beautiful intimate connections with multiple people it's yeah. all wonderful yeah totally you could be in a polyamorous relationship and still only have sex with one person mm. you know I think the the I you're able to define your own relationship I think that's the biggest thing is you there's no monogamy is the way that the songs have taught us and the movies have taught us and how our parents most likely have taught us but that's not the only way to go about things and neither is polyamory mm. i think that there's a lot of in between and within polyamory you can you can make up your own decision what your own, own agreements are and that could sometimes we wouldn't even call it we, we, we would just call a relationship chaos just there's consistent chaos within there but um the communication kind of keeps the stability amazing together. yeah 
Yeah. So I'm interested. So you were with your partner, your your partner that you're with now, is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so you were in a monogamous. Did you start off being in a monogamous no. relationship? So you started off being in a polyamorous. We okay, started so off being polyamorous. Talk to me yeah. about that. <laughs> so we, I came to New Zealand and I I moved into this house with a bunch of beautiful people, and she was she was one of my housemates, mm. and we kind of we got together and. At this point, I had I had spoken about polyamory a lot within my head and with my friends, mm. but nobody was necessarily they all agreed, and but nobody was practicing it. I was able to talk the talk, but walking the walk was is so freaking scary, <laughs> so scary. Um, already reading enough and learning learning a bit about myself and thinking that I'm a single child with a single mother I've gotten all my love for one person and mm. relied on them for a really long time that's a scary thing to try and go through, work through that process of it's I can't just put that, those responsibilities onto the next person you know, as you grow up I feel like it's really easy to, for you to find your parents within the person that you're with, you know. And, totally. And as a single child or a single mother, that's just, it's my one place to get love, you know, mm. and it's so, it's reliable, it's always there. And so it was a little bit scary to, I guess, dive straight into the deep end because my partner now, she was already polyamorous. Mm, okay. And so we got together and she said, hey, just to let you know, I'm polyamorous. And I, and I thought, that's great, you know, I'm so keen to, to do this yes. but I don't know anybody that is keen to do this and this is amazing awesome. uh, I don't know what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell <laughs> I'm doing please show me the rocks <laughs> yeah. let's figure this out and she mm. hadn't been in a polyamorous relationship either because there's I mean there's so many different things you could call it she I guess you would call it like solo poly at the time okay which is when you have intentional connections with other people and you still are transparent and you're clear but you don't necessarily have the agreements of spending every night together or maybe having a label to your relationship it could just be a bunch of casual sexual partners oh beautiful yeah so polyamory like the definition of polyamory is when you're intimately relating with multiple partners and you're 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 in relationship with multiple partners is that right yes uh i I don't know what the actual definition Mm. is so there's ethical non-monogamy but that's which I guess it's, I guess it's the same thing as consensual non-monogamy. It's mm. you're both agreeing that you want to see connections in other places as well as yeah with the person that you're with. So you have one primary partner, and then outside of that, you're in relationship with other people, or you're just sort of yeah, you've got I, lovers outside of that. Yeah, well, that's another option. Yeah. So maybe you would call that that could be polyamory. There's there's like a hierarchy to it. If you wanted to, you could do a hi- a, a non-hierarchical relationship or a hierarchical mm, relationship okay. so maybe my partner is my my nesting partner my mm. some, the person that I always come home to when I know that they're always going to be there or sometimes that could also feel pretty unfair and unequal if there is a third or fourth person involved and there's now they're the second choice you know it's really easy for somebody to feel like they're the second choice in something or the third choice so sometimes yeah. having taking the hierarchy out of it um makes that a bit easier and clearer for everybody. But I'm not entirely... Yeah, I don't know what the actual definition is. Okay, so yeah. so what did your definition of it look like within your, within your relationship with your partner? For us, it was forever evolving. Mm. Yeah, I think 
I think we really liked the idea of having a primary partner, of having somebody that we could just kind of come home to and know that that, that we're always going to be each other's number one. Mm. Yeah, which was really nice. And we we would go on we would go on dates. We I don't think we had too much. I didn't, I never had a, a serious second relationship. I had just dates and I had friends and maybe a few like sexual encounters, but I'd never really uh, got too much opportunity to be in a relationship with two people consistently for a while and mm-hmm. have have to juggle those emotions or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And and how did you find that? I'm just speaking from my own experience of, of jealousy when relating with people. I've never been in a polyamorous relationship or open mm-hmm. relating, but I know with, with being in monogamous relationships, I have experienced moments of jealousy within them. And I'm wondering, yeah. does that exist within yeah. that? Did that exist for you within your yeah. relating dynamic? And what yeah. did it look like? Okay. <laughs> it <perfect>. definitely did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I don't feel good about that, but it's one mm. of those things that you realize that jealousy is a natural feeling that everybody gets. Yeah. And so human. It's so human. Mm. And sometimes it sucks to be human like when yeah. you're in that situation. <laughs> and you, you think, oh man, mm. why am I like this? Uh, yeah, jealousy is, is such a real thing and people feel it in so many different ways. And I think, you know, how we're brought up has a really big part of that. That's why I mentioned before about being a, having a single mom and a single child. Yes. I think it's really affected uh, things like when it comes to jealousy, I can, I can, I, I can feel quite jealous, and I can see that, and then not be happy with myself about it, and get in mm. the shame spiral, and say, "Hey, you're supposed to be okay with this. How do you? I know. So jealousy is almost like a road sign that's being held up, showing you the, some needs that, that need to be fulfilled. Yes. Right? So when I'm feeling, oh, she's with somebody else. What are the needs that I need to be? What mm. what needs do I need to fulfill in that moment? Is it connection? Is it community? Is it communication? Is it just physical touch? Mm. Is it empathy, consideration? Mm. I I am responsible for those needs, even though it feels like someone else is responsible for those needs because mm. I'm feeling this way because they're off with somebody else or they're doing something else and they're having a great time and I'm missing out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so sometimes it can be, I, yeah, it can it, it it can be hard, but that's why communication is the biggest part about polyamory. It mm. is it is so important. Over communication is so important. Just say things that you don't think are important because they might be important. Yeah, you know, just over communicate as as much as you can. I think it's it's one of the most valuable things that I've gotten out of this type of relationship is how important communication and honesty is. Incredible. Yeah. Just hey, hey, I'm feeling really bad about this yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a thousand star a knives in my stomach right now mm. uh, I don't really want you to stop doing what you're doing because I want you to be happy but I, I have to tell you what's going on for me right now mm. and then you know the, even you just saying that you're you're communicating how you're feeling and you're still taking ownership of your needs in that situation which is which is like a, is a it's a big speed bump. You know, it's not an easy thing to 
to do and I, I'm still I'm still trying to figure that out yeah. every day it's so every courageous day. to be able to express how you're feeling in every kind of given moment and actually to have the the awareness of your body to be like oh actually I'm feeling this way and right. like then being able to express that yeah. not only to yourself but to the person that you're with and then just even like you're saying like there's like a almost like a release or like a <sighs> that comes from just being able to share how you're feeling because yeah. it's like oh I've accepted that I actually feel jealous or I, mm. I feel funny in my belly about this or yeah. whatever it is yeah and I think I think it also helps with your mindset when you when you talk about it and you realize they also feel a similar thing mm. and everybody's in a very similar boat we're, we're both new to this we're trying this is an FF like Brene Brown would call it an FFT like a first fucking time and we're all just trying to we're just trying to figure it out I we're nervous that. we don't know what's going on we have these yes. expectations that we're supposed to get it all right the first time but mm. we're just trying to do our best and give it a go and there's going to be speed bumps there's going to be mistakes and mm. as long as we are honest and we communicate about it it's going to be okay we live in a world of abundance it's not mm. in scarcity there is there's a when I would feel jealous there was a there's a book that I would always go to called The Mastery of Love mm. by Don Miguel Ruiz he's written the book uh, The Four Agreements okay yeah and he has this chapter about the magical kitchen and the idea is yeah, imagine imagine you had this walk-in cupboard this, and it's full of all the most amazing food you have in there it's already made and you have all the most pizzas and burgers or whatever your food is and someone comes knocking on your door and says hey I have this pizza for you uh, would you like to have it? If you, if you do have it you have to do what I say and, and do what I want and fulfill my needs and you, you would think I've got that pizza I don't, I don't need your pizza <laughs> yeah. thank you I'm sure it tastes really great, but I don't need your pizza. My kitchen's already full. Mm. Um, and I guess the idea is if we can think about the food as love and we already have all of that love and the best type of love within us. Mm. And it's just sometimes it's easy for us to rely on someone else's love and put our happiness in someone else's hands mm. and and hope that they can deliver what what we already have in, in store for us and it's sometimes <laughs> yes. it's really hard to just, just 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 to sit still and say hey it's okay my kitchen is full mm. i already have enough love within me it's not in scarcity mm. it's in abundance oh i love that <laughs> i love that it's yeah i feel like that's just the most beautiful way of being is just acknowledging that love is not a finite source <laughs> don't know if I would have the strength and resilience, never say never, but to be in a polyamorous relationship. But I really respect and so intrigued about individuals such as yourself that have been able to go to those depths and mm. actually experience that level of love where you're like, actually, actually, I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm already, I'm already, I'm already <laughs> like, enough. Yeah. Here's some more for you and you and you. <laughs> it's just fucking fantastic. I just think it's so great. And I'm just, yeah. It, Yes, it's it can be a, a very beautiful and amazing time where you just mm. I, I remember just crying because I'm like I feel so much love right now mm. I don't know what to do with it all. Yeah, like, it's too much love. I'm saying I love you and I love you and I love you and you love me too and it just. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Ugh. It, okay. it, can, it can be a very fun time. It can be a very challenging time. But yeah. all relationships are like that. 
when I when I first when we first kind of got into this relationship, I was in the shower and I was thinking about what's a what is like a metaphor that works for me within this. And I thought about a bushwalk, and I thought about how monogamy might be like walking with shoes on, and polyamory is walking with bare feet. Mm. And um, at the time, you think they uh, shoes, you know, they break down and they sometimes they they stop working, you know, but you can continue to fix those shoes and maintain those shoes mm. and polyamory I felt at the time was walking with no shoes on and because to me it felt like a more natural way to do things how we used to do it before Nike came along and mm. raised our heels and put <laughs> air pumps in there um, but when you walk with no shoes on you know your feet are soft and there's sticks and there's stones and things hurt mm. and um, at the start you consistently ah Ooh, ouch, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't <laughs> see that coming. Uh, maybe I should put my shoes back on or mm. tiptoe around the place. But you, you gain calluses and you realize that I, I'm i tough. You know, my feet are tough. And this is... Resilient. This is, yeah, this yeah. is actually fine. You know, mm. this is actually fine. And you realize that there are things that, that are where your boundaries are and what, and what is okay for you, what's not okay for you. Maybe... I could walk on those sticks or maybe I could choose not to walk on those sticks and yeah. I'll feel a lot better about my about my bushwalk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. I love that analogy. What would you say were your biggest challenges? Within, Within polyamory. polyamory. I think the biggest challenges were... <sighs> maybe just being okay with my feelings mm. and... I think I found that really hard sometimes because I had this expectation that I was supposed to do it all properly and that I wasn't supposed to feel jealousy and I wasn't supposed to feel flustered or attached or possessive and all of these things that I hate about myself sometimes, but I can't seem to help but do. And I, mm. I think I found it really challenging sometimes to get out of a shame spiral of you're not allowed to feel this, but it's okay to feel this. You're not crazy for feeling this way, but mm. what are you doing? Stop being, stop putting her in a cage. You know, there's some times where I feel like because I'm feeling jealous or I'm feeling needy or something that I'm restricting my partner from doing what they want to do. And mm. that feels horrible. Mm. It really makes me feel bad. Like, and I, yeah, I don't know where... Maybe that is a need of, of exterior validation of I don't want to mm. hurt someone's feelings and I don't want to get in your way because of how I'm feeling. But I sometimes I found it really, really difficult to be okay with the way that I was feeling about things. Mm. Mm. I have... When we first got in this relationship, my partner gave me the most beautiful gift that we still use today. And it's... Do you know what NVC is? Nonviolent communication. Nonviolent yeah. communication, yeah. There are these feelings and needs cards. Yeah, I've done them. Yeah. <laughs> All I, about them. I love them. I'm so happy that you know what they are. Yes. Yeah, that is it's been a game changer for us. Um mm. even just talk just as I said before about not being okay with my feelings, at least I'm able to just flip through these cards and see which ones I'm not okay with and see which yeah. ones and just say, Man, I am feeling this one hard out and mm. I didn't even know I was feeling this one because our language you know the limits of our language are the limits of our world so as the more that we can learn about our different feelings and what they mean the more that we're able to you know understand what needs are attached to those needs to those feelings and how how we can communicate it but that really helped us at the at the start with 
all the new things and all the uncertainty and everything mm. that comes with most relationships. I feel like there's so much stigma around polyamory and being hard, but what relationship isn't hard? Totally. You know, I think I think they're all all really hard, and they all take effort. They all take communication and honesty and and work and commitment. Mm. If, if you want it to work, if you want it to. You just got to commit and you need to be honest and yeah. all of those things are the same no matter what type of relationship, you know. Totally. And I think it, it's like a commitment to, to honesty and communication and also like I do really feel like there's an extra capacity that the people that I speak to <laughs> that are in polyamorous relationships right. have around um, – this is just a total judgment that I'm making up – but like um, you've just got – it feels as if you've got more capacity or almost like emotional capacity to relate with multiple individuals. I think mm. I feel like one relation, one monogamous relationship is hard enough. So there's yeah. that. There's that. Totally, like. totally. I mean, yeah. If you, if you think about it like that, for sure. Because within monogamy, we've kind of made the agreement that your partner is is going to be there for you and responsible for you. But once you move out of that. I, the responsibility moves into to your into your own hands, mm. and no matter how many relationships you're in, you're still responsible for your feelings and needs. Mm. And that actually translates over into monogamy, but it's just sometimes a bit harder to realize that because we're with the same person, and they should read my mind by now. They should be able to read my mind. <laughs> yes. sh- I shouldn't have to say anything anymore. <laughs> Like angrily chopping the carrots in the yeah. kitchen. Why don't they understand that I'm feeling fucking pissed off? Yeah, should have sharpened the knife before I got here. <laughs> I didn't know I was chopping carrots. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interrupting this delicious conversation with an important announcement. As someone who personally experiences feelings of anxiety and overwhelm on the reg, it feels incredibly comforting to know that there are superhumans out there making super products to help lighten the load. Brave Face was designed to support you through the pressures of modern life. It's a trio of herbal supplements that takes a 360 approach to stress. Cool Head Day Spray provides rapid relief from anxious moments. Headrest Night Drops are there to help calm your mind so you can get a good night's sleep. And Live Calm Daily Capsules nourish the adrenals for long-term stress maintenance. The best part about it is it's all natural, free of alcohol, and scientifically backed. If this sounds like a bit of you... You can use the code FINGERFOOD15 at www.braveface.com for a 15% discount. That's F-I-N-G-E-R-F-O-O-D-1-5 at www.braveface.com. This leads me on to my next (laughs) sort of inquiry, which is I know that Recently, you have become monogamous with your partner, yeah. and I'm interested to know around sort of the thinking around that and yeah. the feeling behind that. And well, I mean, there was a lot of strong feelings around that, especially at this when I because I was the one that kind of brought up, "Hey, how do you feel about being monogamous for a while?" And um, having those thoughts is a scary thought because. That means what does that what does that mean? Does that mean that you've given up? Does that mean that you that you've now for me, the conversation I'm having with myself is are you now just going to be her ball and chain? Are you going to be the one that allows her to go to things and doesn't allow her to go to things? Mm. And and I was I was just so it's like it's a it's a fear and it's a it's a silly thing to 
to think, but are you going to be like a tyrant now because you're in a monogamous relationship and are you just going to control her and isolate her and mm. not respect that she has her own friends and relationships outside of us? So, you know, I had to check in with myself and I still have to check in with myself. So why am I in this relationship? And I think a big, a big part of me wanting monogamy and us both you know, thinking it's a good idea for now is we have so much uncertainty within our lives at the moment, mm. so much chaos that it's it's just nice to have a little bit of stability for a while um, because over the past six months we've been in lockdown and we, we live together so we're just with each other the whole time yeah. and sometimes it can be, you know, it was like, it was a little bit confusing or stressful to to think about the fact that she might be leaving to go stay with someone else for a while and you know we're in a state of our lives where no job uh, because it's been taken away from COVID and having to find new shelter to live is a is a whole new stress Mm. and I think for now it was just really really uh, stabilizing Mm. if that's a word for us to uh, just to be together and it's we're able to you know, make up our own rules for our relationship and it doesn't have to be this way forever. I don't think it will be this way forever, but I think right now it's it's feeling quite quite healthy to to just be able to focus on on the other things in the in the world rather than hey, maybe I should go on a date with somebody. Yeah. Or, you know, that you know, this the idea of abundance of love is is great and we have it, but maybe I need to put that love towards me right now. Mm. And maybe that love needs to be going towards other places. Mm. I think it'll change, and I think it will. It will forever be evolving. We, like I said, we can define our own relationship, and it'll, it'll just continue to evolve and change. Beautiful. Yeah. I really love what you're saying around. Yeah, just like noticing that. Oh, in this moment, like we're in a pa- pandemic, and like <laughs> you and I just live alone together, and already there's like this like feeling of you know like instability in the world with yeah. jobs and housing and and just mm. where we're at yeah. <laughs> like fucking global pandemic and it's yeah. like what would feel really safe for me in this moment is just just to not have to think yeah about relating outside of all of that like yeah. those basic sort of human mm. needs right um and that that makes so much sense and yeah. um i think it's really Thanks. beautiful <laughs> yeah thanks it does make sense hey <laughs> <laughs> Does anything make sense? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> what is life? <laughs> yeah, you know, it feels like the hey. I think I think, you know, if things things open up a bit more and, and we're able to actually fulfill needs in ways that we're we were able to in twenty eighteen or whenever. Yes. And things were a bit more open and alive. I think things might might be different. But right now, if I was to look through the big stack of cards of needs and find out what they were, I think stability and certainty would be mm. my top one, my top needs right now. Beautiful. And yeah, and I know that is a, a that is a big one for her as mm. well. And so maybe we can help fulfill each other with those needs for a little bit until mm. the things that aren't in our control are a bit more settled. I love that. Yeah, whenever that is. I absolutely love that. Beautiful. Okay, well, this is leading me into my next question, which is 
how do you feel about sex and pleasure at this stage in your life right now? Mm. With yourself and with others? I feel great. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like because of the agreements that we've made within our relationship, it also f- allows us to focus a bit more on what sex looks like for us and how mm. we can make it more fun and maybe get more tantric and more mm. connected in other ways and have fun with it and be spontaneous and, yeah, ex- explore in, in, in other ways because we're still, you know... I'm still learning things about my body and yeah. and that's so much fun. That's so much fun to explore and to go through those nerves and mm. to be vulnerable with somebody is it's really scary, but it's it's fun and it's exciting and I can't I can't wait. Mm, I love sex. <laughs> I love sex. <laughs> yes. I mean honestly. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. So when you're referring to exploring and getting a bit more tantric with your partner, what does Mm. that mean to you? It might just mean, let's take some deep breaths. Let's just, let's just breathe through this and and Mm. see what happens. Or maybe it's, it's intentional sex, you know? Mm. And sometimes that can be, it can be missed quite easily. And you're like, Hey, we haven't had intentional sex in a little while. We have sex, but it's, you know, why don't we like plan it? A little bit more. Maybe mm. maybe we know it's coming up and we can talk talk about it all day and yeah. sort out some yummy foods and mm. some other things that we can do sensorily, I don't know, along the way, you know. Beautiful. Whether it's um working through all the senses with sex. So some things that we would do would be like blindfolding ourselves and then tickling each other mm. or putting putting things in front of our noses that we don't know what it is and just going through all the different senses and mm. having to smell this chocolate, uh, eat this frozen berry. Um, what does this honey feel like? Or mm. I don't know. There's there's a lot of fun things we can do that, to leading up towards sex. And again, what, is, what does sex mean? I, I guess in, in that term, I meant penis and vagina, mm. you know, uh, because I would also call that sex. In yeah, some sort of way. Totally. You, know? you mean the foreplay of the kind yeah. of like sensory experience and Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I I think we have so much space to explore within mm. that which I'm very excited about. Beautiful. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> And I love that both of those things can exist as well, sort of that, that sex you were talking about. Yeah, we've had sex, but have we deeply connected intentional sex, I guess, yeah. for well, we a light while? A, light a candle, you know? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about a ritual. <laughs> all about a ritual. Yeah. A or, ceremony. Yeah. Me. I mean, there, there's times where it's just like, take your fucking clothes off. You're so yes. sexy right now. Let's fuck. Let's fuck. It's, it's so good. <laughs> yes. And it's so sweaty and it's it's spontaneous. And you're like, we're meant to be quiet, but I can't be quiet right now. <laughs> Don't worry about being quiet, you know. <laughs> but then there's other times when you just want to put some sexy music on mm. and, you know, spend an hour going down on them, you know, mm. and kissing every part of their body and massaging them at the same time and making sure that they can feel all the different sense, uh, senses and how like how many how many places can you touch her at the same time and feel and like mm. almost cuddle them while you're while you're being able to 
pleasure them, you know. And, oh. and those things don't necessarily happen from spontaneous sex, but more from intention and synergy in those moments when you're both are very much on the same wavelength and vibe or vibration at that time. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. I love all of those descriptions immensely. I could talk about that for hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so with all the wisdom that you have now based on your experience with polyamory and monogamy and and just everything that's led you up until this moment, what would you tell your younger virgin self? So many things. <laughs> so many things that I'm still I'm still learning and I was I wish that I knew that um, I would say that you know communication is more important than your dick size and how you communicate how you communicate with the person that you're with and communication is more important than anything physical on your body when it comes to sex um, it's not porn is nothing like what it's like in real life bro like if I'm thinking about <laughs> 14 14 year old stuff I'm like come on G you'll be fine <laughs> You're going to be okay. You are enough as you are, and you're going to be fine. Just talk to them about how you're feeling, you know? Mm. my The first... Can I tell you about how I lost my virginity? Please. We, I was with my first girlfriend at the time, and we were camping. Like, we set up a tent down the driveway from my place. We had, like, a little camping area. And I remember bringing two condoms down, and we were so excited. And it kind of came to the moment when I'm supposed to put the condom on, and put my dick in and I just got like I just got soft I went mm. soft and I was so nervous and I was like what's going on this is this is the moment this is the moment bro get to it what are you doing get, like this is game face and I was so nervous and I wasn't working and I I freaked out and and I what did I say I said like the condom the condom isn't working I'm I'll just go up and get another condom so I made some sort of excuse to go up to find another condom in my house. So I pretty much just ran away. Oh. <laughs> just <laughs> you never returned? No, I did return. Oh but I, I did return. Deeply but, traumatizing. <laughs> but I, I brought down two condoms. I said that one of them didn't work. I said that I couldn't find the other one so I could <laughs> run back up the top. And I ran back up the top and I started to watch some porn. I went up there to see if I could get a heart on. Just to be like, nice. is this... What's going on? What's going on? I don't know what to do. Because I had watched porn way before I had sex and way before I had anything sexual it mm. was which is weird and gross to think about but it's true mm. and so I had I had a lot of these expectations that you're meant to have a, a massive hard dick you know and you're supposed totally. to be able to, you're supposed to, be able to just keep it up forever and uh, so unrealistic it's so unrealistic <laughs> and I'm I, I still struggle with like mm. with, with like those expectations in my head of you're supposed to perform in this type of way and so I what happened? I I struggled to get hard up there because I was nervous. I was just so nervous, and I came back down, being like, oh, I couldn't find the condom up there." And she and she's like, "Look, found the other condom. Oh. I was just was just chilling in." I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> true. What's up where I was? I had no idea. I had no idea. But she, the, you know, she was a very." patient and beautiful human being who I was with and was very understanding and I think it took us uh, probably another two weeks before we tried again and and it was fine the second time I was because mm. I just communicated it I said I'm, I'm nervous that I'm not going to be able to get hard even though I'm really horny mm. 
Mm. I don't understand what's going on. And yeah, it was it was a huge thing for me. So it's what would I say to my younger virgin self about get out of your head and into your body (laughs) to get out of your head and into your body i mean i mean in those moments that's like you 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 can't be in your head when you're having sex you're meant to be connecting with the other person and Mm. that can be a really hard thing to do especially when you're trying to get ready to perform as a man you're supposed to make them come and you're supposed to do all this stuff and do it this way and if you can just yeah take a second to take the pressure off and say we're just we're here to have have fun and it's and just communicate with the other person mm. get out of your head how do you get out of your head maybe just think about how nice it feels to be with them think mm. about the things that you love touching them and and think about the things that you're excited about what's about to happen mm. instead of instead of thinking about the things that could happen and go wrong which is has gotten in my way so many times yeah. in situations and I've just gone into big shame spirals and just, oh. what is wrong with me? I'm going to have to go to the doctor. I've got erectile dysfunction. It's all fucked. Mm. It's all fucked. Yes. <laughs> yes. As someone that has spent the majority of my teens and early 20s heavily in my head, and obviously I'm in a woman's body and you're in, you're in a man's body, so I haven't mm. had the thoughts around erectile dysfunction, but I have around... <gasps> not being orgasmic and just being like just in my head the whole time and yeah. I love I love what you said around coming out and of your head and getting into your body through communicating first and foremost what's mm. on top for you yeah just thinking about that what a pleasure it is to be with the person that you're with in that moment yeah it's almost like getting rid of the goal or the expectation of okay sex is like penis into vagina and then you fuck and then you have an orgasm and then that's it or whatever that looks like for you depending Mm. on your sexual preference but letting go of the goal was a real big one for me around what it has to look like yeah letting go of the goal wow that's a great way to put it Mm. I ended up making like a safety net for myself around it Mm. so instead of it which was kind of ended up being a good thing it was like don't worry about getting hard just focus on focus on them and that always turned me on so much that I couldn't help myself I was like well I'm fucking hot now like I, <laughs> yes! I, have no, I can't do anything about it you know? yes. I'm so horny I feel so hot for you right now because mm. I spent so much time on on you um beautiful one one that's a bit of a distraction it's like hey let's focus on you and not focus on me because mm. I don't know how to figure myself out right now but it's also I think maybe that's also about me having a bit of control mm. in that situation hey let me just let me just control the attention and put it on you and you mm. can just relax and you can do whatever you want to do and then I can do whatever needs to happen well you know we mm. obviously talk about it but I think throughout that I feel I've felt a lot more comfortable and confident within my own body to move forward and now you know thinking about being hard isn't something that I think about as much mm. anymore because it's it's just not it's not a big of a priority. Beautiful. Yeah. There are so many times when I feel like I'm just as satisfied after satisfying someone else and I go, Well, I was really hard and now I'm no longer hard because like it's yeah. I just, I just can't <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think I just can't. <laughs> and I'm like, Well, there you go. All all sorted. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes. And also I think, yeah, there's like such a huge societal sort of stigma around like a man's rock hard cock versus yeah. a soft cock and that mm. being like like it being like 
emasculine or like yeah. or, or you're emasculated when your cock is soft and it couldn't be further from the truth it's like the most beautiful thing right. in the world and and one of the books that really um was like a lifesaver for me was the heart of tantric sex by mm. diana richardson and she there's like a whole section in that book on like soft penetration which is like wow unheard of in the like yeah. <laughs> yeah. how does that work <laughs> <laughs> it's basically if you're struggling with any performance anxiety or anything like that quite literally just lying there with your partner and for them to, if you're in a heterosexual relationship or if you're in like a queer relationship I'm not exactly sure how that works because I haven't that I'm only speaking from my own experience but just sitting and like holding it at the gate of your pussy or your yoni mm. or whatever you want to call it mm. and then just sitting there and being with it and then from my experience of it it's relaxing and breathing being in that beautiful situation where you're just like there's zero judgment and you're just being with each other's bodies what I've experienced is there's growth that happens through that mm. and then it's almost like not even moving but just feeling the most minute sensation that's happening it's been one of the most profound experiences of my life wow. where I've just like weeped and weeped and wow. weeped because I'm like this is just so fucking beautiful because there's no goal here and there's yeah. no, no one's trying to get anything from anyone we're just being together yeah, with our bodies like complete vulnerability yeah just yeah, that's amazing, and that that can totally that's, that would be so empowering for you to be able to go through that and mm. just and as as a male to, to be on the other side of it, like, you know, it's actually not all about like how hard you are at the yeah, time. Yeah, you know? totally. It's all good. It's getting out of your head. You know, it's it's focusing on like let's not focus on putting it. Let's just focus on chilling and leaving it there, and we'll take a few deep breaths and mm. we'll see where that leaves us. And I think through you know that there's no expectation of it's got to go on right now, and you got to take my breath away with it. Mm, and totally. Just even that, again, just talking about how you feel takes so much anxiety away. I can't yes. even express how much it helps just to say, I'm feeling nervous. Mm -hmm. Just saying that is so enough, oh. you know, because the end then the other person knows how you're feeling, and that's how consent works. Totally. You know? That's how consent works. Yes. <laughs> yes. And nine times out of ten, everyone's feeling the same way, and you're yeah. like, "I'm so glad you said that because yeah. same." Yeah, there's a that's funny. There's a there's a you know J Cole. J Cole's got a he's a rapper. Okay. And he's got a song called Wet Dreams, mm -hmm. and the song is about him and this girl he's got a crush on in class, and they're they're passing notes, and and she's like, "Have you had sex before?" And and he's like, "Yeah, I've had sex before." He's a virgin, but he's he's like, "Yeah, I've had sex before. I know what I'm, I know what I'm up to." He's a whole the song's about him saying that he's a great at sex, but he's got no idea, and they and he's freaking out, and he's really nervous. And mm. at the very last, and and the way that it's it sounds is like the the lady or the girl's like, "Oh yeah, like you're a pro. Well, come like come show me like." My mum's gone for the weekend. Like, come, come over to my place, and um, and then he's he's having wet dreams about it. He's sweating. He's nervous. He's got a hand uh, pockets full of condoms, and he's just he's watched porn to see like how do you stroke? <laughs> like, what's the right way to do it all? And then and then he goes over there, and just before they have sex, she's like, "Wait, I can I can tell you know what you're doing, but I'm nervous and I've never done this before." And that's and then it goes back into the chorus, and it's like, oh. Actually, they were both feeling the same thing, but they're yeah. just putting up this front and being like, hey, I'm actually a pro at this and I know what I'm talking about yes. and I, I'm good. But, but really, we're all, we're all just new to this. And oh, we're my all trying to God. Figure, we're all trying to figure it out. Totally. 
totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that message. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. epic. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. It's such a great yes. song. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question. Two more questions. Sure. So, if you could give one piece of advice to our audience tuning in around entering a polyamorous relationship, what would it be? One piece of advice, it would be that you are responsible for your own feelings and needs and that love is in abundance. That sounds like two, but yeah, you you are responsible for your own feelings and needs. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And finally... The big one. The moment we've all been waiting for, Baker. <laughs> what is your favourite finger food? Now, what does finger food mean? I mean, just any food mm. that you want to eat with your hands, fingers. Yeah. Could be anything. However you want to take <laughs> that question, you <laughs> roll with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with my answer as purple. Divine. I love purple. Mm. It's so sweet. Where I'm from in the Solomons, it's, it's a lot more red than orange beautiful so juicy and sweet and so many yeah it's a it's a beautiful fruit and the tree is amazing beautiful fruits very pussy-esque yes very (laughs) pussy-esque i have a lot of my friends like holding holding like yes yeah one right there and their friends like behind them like playing with with the fruit yes and that's beautiful (laughs) well that's hot Get that papaya girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get those seeds out of them. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That is a freaking great finger food. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so vulnerably. Mm. And yeah, I'm just really grateful for you and all that you've shared. And Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me here. Uh, I felt so nervous at the start and I just want to keep talking now. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's, you know, we'll turn, we'll turn it off and then we'll keep talking. Sure. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Biku. Thank you so much. Thanks for dining with Finger Food, empowered by Bumble. If you liked this conversation, you can tip your maitre d' by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to find more of my podcasts, go to stacyogorman.com. Stay safe, stay sexy. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.